Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. The first order of business is um, who found an iPhone in the ladies' restroom? Because it's mine. Um, the Holy Spirit will convict you if you decide not to give that back. So if you find it, I will prophesy over you. iPhone, it's an old one. It's junky. You don't want it. And it's a sin to steal. So if you find it, just raise your hand and um, haha, I ain't afraid. Uh, it's black with a red case and the Holy Spirit will find you. Haha, prophesy who took it. Ooh, it's <laughs> a good one. Haha, <laughs> that could be really bad. Um, but in all seriousness, if you find it, please uh, just give it to the welcome table or just raise your hand and then I will publicly prophesy over you and bless you. Um, <laughs> so uh, raise your hand again if you've been with us for the Ephesians series. I know Pastor Jesse already asked that. Cool. And then raise your hand if this is your first time here. First-timers, whoa, come on. It's in the, it's in, it's in here? Wow, the Holy Ghost. I hear it. I hear the glory. My husband has this thing where it rings. It's, oh my gosh, praise the Lord Jesus. You're not thieves. You're not thieves. This is so good. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Wherever my husband is, he's like, ha ha, sucker. I'm like not with electronics. You would think I'm 95. I told my husband to remind my kids when I am 95 that when I was in my 30s, I had no idea how to use anything electronically. Um, So he has this thing where it dings. You find your iPhone? You guys probably already know about that. But anyways, I don't. So um, thank you, Lord, for my phone. (laughs) I was more worried about y'all than my phone. Okay. (laughs) Anyways, thank you, Jesus. He loves me. Um, If if I haven't met you, my name's Nicole, and um, I'm a lot of fun, so get ready. (laughs) Uh, One of the things that we've been doing in the Ephesians series is trying to teach line by line, um, line by line, and... And so Ephesians 4 has so much good stuff. So I'm going to talk real fast this morning. If you miss it, we have podcasts, we have live feed. You can go back and listen. Um, But but get ready because I want to dive in. I I was just, I was personally convicted as I was studying uh, Ephesians 4 just over the past month. Um, And there's just, yeah, it's just really, really, really good. So if you haven't heard one through three with uh, Pastor Jesse and Chris, go back and listen to those. Share those with your friends. Um, Ephesians is a phenomenal, phenomenal letter from Paul. So turn with me. We're going to jump right in. Ephesians 4, verse 1. I'm just, I'm going to read. I typically don't preach this way. So I'm going to read through this, and I'm going to try and give you commentary on what we've read and what it means um, and the importance of some of these, some of these things Paul is saying. Okay, so Ephesians 4, 1. Give me an amen when you're there. Come on. Yes, this is good. Okay. 
As a prisoner of the Lord, I plead with you to walk holy in a way that is suitable to your high rank, given to you in your divine calling. Okay, so here's Paul. Let me set the stage. Paul is in prison writing a letter. And I want you to imagine you're in prison and you're writing a letter to your friends, to some believers, um, to new believers, to a church, and you're pleading that they understand something, right? You're not saying like, hey, how y'all doing? What'd you have for dinner last week? Or what's been fun? What vacations have you gone on? Like you're in prison writing a letter to tell believers to plead with believers what they are to do, how they are to live after giving their life to the Lord. And he says, I plead with you to what? To walk holy in a way that is suitable to the high rank on your life for your divine calling. So that tells me that as believers, we have a high rank in this spirit, right? And we have a divine calling on our life to what? To look differently, to act differently, to walk in, in a more holy way. Verse two, with tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and generous love toward one another, especially toward those who may try your patience. This word generous, the Aramaic means stretching. So I'm gonna read that with that word. With tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and stretching love toward one another, especially those who try your patience. Paul knows you're going to have some issues. You're going to feel really stretched trying to love maybe your family or, you know, your community. But listen, have gentleness and stretching love toward one another where the world would say set up a boundary and where this person causes too much, put your little wall up and stand back. Paul says, have stretching love. You're gonna feel stretched. So if you felt stretched loving someone, well, guess what? You're biblically based. Verse three, be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace being of one body and one spirit as you were called into the same glorious hope of divine destiny. For the Lord God is one and so are we. For we share in one faith and one baptism and one father. Turn to your neighbor and say one. And he is the perfect father who leads us all, works through us all, and lives in us all. And he has generously given each one of us supernatural grace. Say supernatural grace according to the size of the gift of Christ. This is why he says he ascends into the heavenly heights, taking his many captured ones with him, and gifts were given to men. Something you need to know about Paul, in, in Ephesians 3, the chapter before from last week, Paul is saying that there is a grace on his life to preach to the Gentiles. Now, one thing you have to know about Paul is he wasn't worried about the grace for the gifts he didn't have. He says, there's a grace on my life to preach to the Gentiles. Grace means it doesn't make sense. It's not earned. You couldn't, you couldn't have earned it or strived for it or worked for it. In Peter 4.10, he says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Notice it doesn't say, as each have received a gift, use it to serve yourself. Use it to serve your platform. Use it to serve your ministry as good stewards of God's varied grace. No, no. 
The Bible says that we each have a supernatural grace on our life for the giftings that God's equipped us with to serve one another. Paul taught that salvation was by grace, that we live by grace, and that we operate in our spiritual giftings by grace. So grace is a big theme, and it's really important to understand when it's tied to spiritual giftings, which we're going to get to in just a second. One of the ways in which you know if you're not operating in the gifting God's put on your life is if you become tired. Now, let me unpack that a little bit because ministry is hard. Being a mom is hard. Being a dad is hard. Being a husband is hard. I know that I have grace to be a spouse and a parent, or I know I have grace to work at this company, and sometimes it's hard. I'm not saying it's not going to get hard, right? We are to have stretching love toward one another. But if you continuously find yourself exhausted, striving, tired of, of trying to get this gift to work, trying to push your gift out there for people to see, I might say it might not be a grace on your life. Okay, I'll, I'll unpack more. Don't get too mad at me just yet. Verse nine, he ascended means that he returned to heaven after he had first descended from the heights of heaven and even descending as far as the lowest parts of the earth. The same one who descended is also the one who ascended above the heights of heaven in order to begin the restoration and the fulfillment of all things. And he has appointed, um, I need y'all to, girls, get your lipstick out. Okay, guys, get your pens. We're going to underline. A, a lipstick, that's country, but... And he appointed some with grace to be apostles and some with grace to be prophets and some with grace to be evangelists. The, the Aramaic actually translates they are preachers. See, we, we get these all kind of mixed up and then we put expectations on people that actually we shouldn't put them on there. So for example, evangelist actually translates preacher. And then it continues on. And some with grace to be pastors actually translates shepherds. Take note, this is important. And some with grace to be teachers actually translates public speakers. Verse 12, and their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. The gift on your life that God has given you should nurture and build up the body of Christ. If the gift on your life is not nurturing and building up the body of Christ, I might ask if you're using it correctly. Verse 13, these grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness in the faith, until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. And finally, we become one perfect man, with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed into the abundance of Christ. And then, verse 14, our immaturity will end and we will not be easily shaken by trouble nor led astray by novel teachings or by the false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies. The NLT version, because I know a lot of y'all be reading out of that one, it says, then we will no longer be like children forever changing our minds about what we believe because someone has told us something differently. All the parents in the house, you know, kids, they change their mind every 
two seconds in my household. My daughter wants kefir. This is her new thing. Mama, I want kefir. So I go to get the kefir. No, Mama, I want blueberries. So I go get the blueberries. No, Mama, I want banana chips. For Lord have mercy, child, what do you want? Changing her mind every two minutes, every two seconds. She's easily swayed. She's easily distracted. Right? I could start doing a dance to get her mind off of just consuming more sugar. And so... (laughs) So what, what Paul's saying here is, listen, your immaturity will end and you won't be easily shaken by, by trouble. You won't be easily shaken by that doctor's report. You won't be easily shaken by what your neighbor or your spouse or whomever says to you, nor will you be led astray by novel teachings or by false doctrines. Paul's saying, don't be immature by being led astray. Don't be immature by just being like waves in the ocean, getting flipped and turned all different ways. Be steadfast. One of the things I love about spiritual gifts is that the body gets to call them out of you. Who's ever had a friend? You didn't know you were very good at something until your friend said, wow, you're so good at fill in the blank. Like you didn't know, you're like, oh yeah, I kinda am. Thanks for telling me. And that's, that's part of the body's job is to pull out these spiritual gifts. One of the things that I love in Galatians, um, Paul is, is, is sharing about his time in Jerusalem. He says, I went in response to a revelation, meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders. I presented to them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles. Verse seven, and this is really important. I haven't heard this taught a lot, which is why I wanted to hit on it. Verse seven, Galatians two says, they recognized that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the uncircumcised. For God, who was at work in Peter as an apostle to the circumcised, was also at work in me. Basically, what he's saying, what Paul is saying, is I had this grace on me, this gift to preach to the Gentiles, but he was willing to be scrutinized, he was willing to be corrected by meeting privately with leaders who he had been entrusted with. That's pretty radical. Now, I'm not saying y'all need to find your spiritual gifts and then come to Pastor Jesse, come to the leadership team, and let us decide if you've been entrusted with that gift. But what I am saying is there's something really cool about the fact that Paul humbled himself privately to go and say, he actually preached to them the message that he preached to the Gentiles. He operated in his gifting and he was open to correction. He was open for someone to say, you know what, Paul, I don't know about that message. Or Paul, wow, that's, that's amazing. Yes, keep, go, keep, keep doing it. Fan into flames. He was willing to be humbled. That's, I, I'm just blown away by that. He was willing to be humbled and corrected by the very grace that was put on his life. Like when I met Pastor Jesse, um, he and, and Jessica were leading a home group and you guys lead people in your living room so gracefully. It's like, I don't think it's anything that you've learned. They just do it. It just naturally oozes out of them, right? Like you just put 10 people in their living room and it's just a ball of fun. That's just a grace on their life. And the same with Pastor Chris. You get him out by the pier and you won't hear the guy shut up, right? Like, it's amazing. There's a grace on his life to, to preach the gospel to strangers. It's incredible. There's a grace, there's a supernatural grace on your life to actually just effortlessly flow 
in something, right? But it's when we start to strive and work it up and, and look at what so-and-so is doing, I need to do it like they're doing, is when we kind of get off track there. And the reality is, like, the, the body needs you. The body of Christ, the person next to you, actually needs you to show up and operate in who God's created you to be and the gift that he's given you. But I still believe that one of the biggest distractions to the gift that God's given us is looking around, looking at how so-and-so is doing something. You know, when you're driving a car, and have you ever seen like a cute puppy in the car next to you, or maybe you're single and you saw a cute girl or a cute guy, and you're like, you're driving your car and you look over and you're like, whoa, hey, what's going on? Me, I'm like, it's dogs and babies. I'm like, oh my God, it's so cute. But maybe for you, it's like a cute girl or a guy. But if you look over for too long, right? Like you'll start to sway out of your lane. Like, whoa, don't want to crash into the cute girl's car. (laughs) Maybe you do. Maybe that's how you meet her. I don't know. That's up to you. Uh, Please don't do that. I am not preaching that. My, My point is you, you've been given your car and your steering wheel, and you're responsible for for taking that car down the lane that you're in. And if you're too busy looking over here or looking over there, then you'll try to conform to how they're doing it. You'll try to conform to something that's actually not yours, right? And, And a lot of times, this is what I see with the gifts on people's life. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so amazing at hosting people. You have the gift of hospitality. Just host people. Have a ministry and just host people. Right, but if, but if we're constantly looking over in the other lane or looking at how this church is doing it or how that family is doing it or how they parent or how they, it can just, it can distract us. Instagram, it, is a, it's a, it can be a distractor. Verse 15, but instead we will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth. So Paul just got done talking about immaturity ending and not being easily shaken. And now he's talking about how truth and love go together. Because who knows, you can't teach truth without love. And you can't properly love without truth. There's a thing that I just want to step on. There's, (laughs) with my boot. There's a thing that says, be careful the truth that you share. Make sure you love everybody. And then when they give you permission, you can step into truth. And I'm here to tell you that that's not correct. For many of years, I was trying to supplement uh, my parents and I were on full-time support starting churches and doing young adults ministry. And so um, I got to do a lot of work in LA. That was just kind of our, our financial supplement, supplements, um, financial provision there. And every time I went on set somewhere, there was always an opportunity to minister to someone. And I'm gonna tell you the amount of times that I've seen Christians walk into environments in hopes to gain their approval so that maybe they can have a way in to kind of share Jesus some secret way. It doesn't work. I like, I, I wish there was a statistic that showed me how many people have you converted to Christ by being undercover? Whereas if you walked in truth and in love, always, if you had this stretching, generous love for people, you would be truth and love. You would embody truth and love. And people are attracted to truth. 
people are attracted to love and, and you need to be lathered with grace and insane amounts of love. Don't hear me say, just be justice and truth. That's, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is where the world would say, be undercover, you're not undercover. If you want to be undercover, go overseas and officially be undercover. You're not undercover. Stop trying to be undercover. We don't have time to be undercover. People need the gospel. They need to hear what will save them. They're dying. Anyways, that's another day. <clears throat> All of our direction and ministries will flow from Christ and lead us deeper into him, the anointed head of his body, the church. For his body has been formed in his image and closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member, say every member, say every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. Here we go again, divine gifts. Notice themes as you read scripture, divine gifts. If you, I'm just, I'm just gonna tell y'all what I'm getting from this, okay? If you are not operating in your gift in the church for the church, for the people of God, Right here, Paul's saying you're not using the gift God gave you. I know that a lot of people, I, I've been in ministry for 12 years, 12 years now, so not super long, but I've heard this message over and over again, and as I was reading this, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's, it's actually not right. It's wrong. <laughs> it's humbling. You've been in ministry for that long, and you're like, whoa, that's not a right message. But I've heard this thing over and over again where people say, sit back, relax, just receive. Just sit back, just come and receive. I mean, you've been burnt out. You've been taken advantage of. You've worked really hard to serve the church and it's time to focus on you. It's time to just sit back and just rest and focus on you and just, and just receive. The problem with that is all those things have one thing in common, and that's you, and not serving one another. Now follow me, because I, I can already feel the offense in the room. I don't like this preacher girl, she's offending me. It's fine, I'm okay, it's a grace of my life. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I'm gonna put it this way, okay? And, and this is not just me coming up with a lot of fancy things to say. I study the word and I study hours upon hours of commentary before I ever preach. It's a value I have in my life as a responsibility to teach the word of God. So some of these, my ideas, they're really good. Most of them, they're not, okay? This one though, I just had this picture as I was reading the word and I thought about this idea of telling people, come into the church and just sit back and rest and don't operate in your giftings. Just, just wait till you're ready. And I thought... You know, I'm 32, and I, am I 32? Yeah, I'm 32. And I never, <laughs> I told somebody the other day I was 29, and I believed it. Anyways, <laughs> I never say to my leg, you know what, leg? You've been working for 32 years. You have walked a lot. You've hiked a lot. You know, you've carried babies on these hips. You've carried babies, and you've grown babies, and you, you have walked with me, left leg, for 32 years it's time to take a break. Won't you sit out for a week? Sit out for a month? Maybe just a year? Just sit out, take time off. Don't operate because you're tired. Now, 
I expect my body, every limb on my body, to fully function until I see Jesus. I hope that you expect that from your body as well. This is what God asks of his body. I don't say to my eye, you know what, eye? Boy, you've seen too much. Your childhood was gnarly. You've seen too much. Aren't you just shut? You're getting a little droopy anyways. I don't want Botox. So just shut and rest and relax and come back when you're feeling rejuvenated. Come on, y'all. I expect my whole body to work. Now, maybe my leg is tired. Maybe I had a hard workout. Maybe it's sore. But, but I expect my full body, every limb, every muscle, every, everything to fully operate until I see Jesus. But so many times inside of the church, I hear people say, just rest, just relax. And y'all, this isn't a get volunteer Sunday message at all. We shouldn't need to get volunteers. You should just be operating in the gift God gave you. We, we shouldn't have to have a volunteer message because it's actually not about you. It's about you utilizing the very gift God gave you. You have a divine gift. I don't know about y'all, but I'm like slightly terrified to miss the divine supernatural grace on my life that God gave me. Like I stand, and I think at somewhat of a healthy place of being utterly terrified of missing it and fully okay with God teaching me. We should not want to miss the gift God gave us. It's like God handing you a present on Christmas and you just like plopping it right there like, I'll open you in, in a few weeks. Like no, we would run like a three-year-old towards the tree and rip it open and want to use whatever is in there, want to see what God has given us. We have a divine gift for a divine purpose, and there's a supernatural grace on your life to operate in it without striving, without being exhausted. Are there seasons? Yeah. Do you stay there? No. Do you just stop? Does my leg just stop because it's sore? No, it better not. Every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. Verse 16, jump back in with me. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. Listen, if you're the arm on the body of Christ and you decide to not show up, you decide to not operate in your giftings, we miss an arm. We actually can't function. And Paul opened my eyes as I was studying this as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, meaning we need the whole body, we need all of you to operate in what God's given you, then we are built up and made perfect in love. Verse 17. Chapter four of Ephesians is all about how to live as Christians. If you're a new believer in the house and you're like, I don't really even know what to do, where to go from here, Ephesians is, a, is an amazing book to help you, specifically this chapter, to tell you just basics, general info. How do you live your life walking with Jesus Christ? So now, right here in verse 17, Paul talks about our new life in Christ. What does it look like now that you have died and risen again in Christ Jesus and, and you're a new person? Verse 17, so with the wisdom given to me, from the Lord I say, you should not live like the unbelievers around you who walk in their empty delusion. I love Paul. He is just, mm, I love him. 
Their corrupt logic has been clouded because their hearts are so far from God. Their blinded understanding and deep-seated moral darkness keeps them from the true knowledge of God. Because of spiritual apathy, they surrender their lives to lewdness. That word actually means indecent language or music. That's another day. Impurity and sexual obsession. This is sex before marriage, sexual relations outside of marriage, or sexual thoughts, in case you wanted to know. Verse 20, but this is not the way of life that Christ has unfolded within you. If you have really experienced the anointed one and heard his truth, it will be seen in your life. It doesn't say, if you've experienced the anointed one, you'll be the one raising your hand in worship. If you have experienced the anointed one, you'll be the one starting the ministry. If you have, ex- if you have experienced the anointed one, you'll be the one that prays for everybody. If you've experienced the anointed one, you'll be the one that prophesies. If you've experienced the anointed one, you'll be the one laughing. It says, if you've experienced the anointed one and heard his truth, it will be seen in your life. If you've experienced Jesus Christ, it'll be seen in your life. Notice it's not undercover. Notice it's not lightly there. Notice it's not seen after a conversation. It'll be seen in your life. There will be fruit in your life. There'll be fruit in your ministry. There'll be fruit in your family. There'll be fruit in your marriage if you've really experienced the anointed one. For we know that the ultimate reality is embodied in Jesus. And he has taught you to let go of the lifestyle of the ancient man, the old self life, which was corrupted by sinful and deceitful desires that spring up from delusions. Now it's time to be made new by every revelation that's been given to you. Where do you find revelation? In the word of God, in the presence of God, and to be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within your new life and life in union with him. For God has recreated you all over again, hallelujah, in his perfect righteousness, and you now belong to him in the realm of true holiness. That's a good word. I'm almost done. Keep with me. So discard every form of dishonesty and lying so that you will be known as the one who always speaks the truth, for we all belong to one another. Don't let the passion of your emotions lead you to sin. And don't let anger control you or be fuel for revenge, not even for a day. This is the, you might know this as, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, I like that he like specifies, an opportunity to manipulate you. You know that you can open pathways to manipulation by having revenge and anger rooted in sin. He says it right here. Don't give this slanderous accuser an opportunity to manipulate you. Meaning, if you have dishonesty, if you're lying, if you don't speak truth, then you've now given permission to the devil to manipulate you. That's pretty crazy. That's wild. If any of you has stolen from someone else, never do it again. Instead, be industrious, earning an honest living, and then you'll have enough to bless those in need. And never, everyone say never. never. 
Listen, this is one of those verses that you're going to be like, yeah, cool. I've read that before. If we don't hold weight to the word of God, we won't let it penetrate where it's supposed to. Okay. Never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth. Never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth, but instead let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. Never is a strong word. Never, 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 never have ugly or hateful words come from your mouth. Who knows um, the comedian Angela Johnson? That's my girl. Okay, so if you don't know her, you can Google her. She's clean and a Christian. But she's a, a Christian comedian, and she has this funny little <clears throat> skit thing. It's like two minutes. You can YouTube it after the message. Um, where she, she's like, you know, we always have those people in our church where they're like, let's pray. Prayer circle. Does anybody know which one I'm talking about? Come on. She's like, okay, everybody gather up. We're going to have a prayer circle, and we're going to pray for Sophia. I'm just making up a name because I can't remember who she said. We're going to pray for Sophia because She's pregnant out of wedlock. So we're going to pray. It stays right here in the circle. We're going to pray for her. And did you hear? She's struggling with anger. Okay. But don't share that. Hey, John, do you want to join the prayer circle? Come on over here. But it's, we're going to keep it right here. You know, so she does, she's much funnier than I am. But she, she, I was watching this and I was reminded of, you know, we, we, have so many excuses for being able to gossip. There's so many excuses. And my favorite is in regards to prayer. Like, can, will you pray with me? Well, of course, yeah. What, what do you, oh, so-and-so, they just betrayed me and they did this and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, ah, don't tell me that information. I don't want to know their name, yeah. right? Like, we, we need to become people who, when someone comes to you and they need prayer or, or, or they need advice, you say, you know what, I don't want to know who this is. I'll actually give you better advice if I don't know who it is. Because now you're taking on the gossip and you're going to take on a judgmental stance towards this other person. But as Christians, this is, this is just one of the, the easy ways that the enemy comes and like, it's not gossip, let's pray. <laughs> Never let an ugly word or hateful words come from your mouth, not even in prayer. That's the Nicole version, okay? All right, I'm going I'm to land the plane. We almost done. Verse 30, the Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Jesus Christ until you experience your full salvation. So never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted his holy influence in your life. Lay aside bitter words, temper tantrums. I need to read this to my kids. Revenge, profanity, and insults. But instead, be kind and affectionate toward one another. Has God graciously forgiven you? Then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. Do you know that you can grieve the Holy Spirit? I'm glad y'all know because I didn't know this for many of years. You can, you can grieve the Holy Spirit because you literally take the Holy Spirit with you. Every place you go, in the atmosphere you go in, in the nightclub you go in, in the conversations you go in, and, and, and I don't think you can lose the Holy Spirit because he's, he's the ultimate comforter, but it, the word says that you can grieve the Holy Spirit, and there's a really fancy Greek word I won't try to pronounce, but it's for the word sealed right there, and it means to be close up and marked 
And commentaries read, it's like a seal on an envelope. It's marked by that thing. You are marked by the presence of God. You are marked by the Holy Spirit. And so as you enter into conversations, as you enter into parties or Friday nights or Saturday nights or Tuesday nights, I don't know, think, will this grieve the Holy Spirit? What I'm about to do, what I'm about to say, is this righteous? Is this holy? Yeah, just, just do that. Haha. <laughs> Okay, stand with me. One of the things on your seats, if you didn't get one of these, I'm going to post a link for you on Presence Connect, but it's a spiritual gifts test, okay? Now, I personally uh, went and got these printed and stapled, so if you throw these away, I'm not going to be happy, okay? So I want you to take these home. These, I, I stand, everybody stand. Come on, get those legs moving. <clears throat> I want you to take these, don't start talking to your neighbor just yet. I want you to take these tests home, and I want you to, to, Pick, you know, sometimes you have more than one spiritual gift. Hallelujah. That's amazing. Um, and I want you guys to start sharing with someone. I want you to take it. It's going to take you 10 minutes maybe. And then I want you to share with someone you live with or share with Pastor Jesse. Put it on Presence Connect. We want to know the gift that God's put on your life. And then we want to plug you in with, with where you should be operating in, okay? So I'm going to pray for us. Again, if you didn't get those up here, I will put those on Presence Connect and you can, you'll have the link to do it. But I want to pray. I want to pray over you guys. So, Father, we all just, we all raise y'all's hands, just at least one hand. I don't know, it just gets the blood flowing. Father, I thank you for each person in this room, God. I thank you, Lord, for the gifts on everyone's life. Lord, I thank you for the supernatural grace that you have given us, God, to, to, to help build up the body of Christ. And right now, Father, yeah, Lord, I just cut away all the lies that are in this room, that, that people aren't gifted, that they're not significant, that they're not important, that they're exhausted. Father, right now, I just pray refreshment and restoration in this room, a new type of energy, Father. God, I thank you for the gifts, Lord. And I just pray that these gifts would just be lit on fire, that Orange County would be changed from everyone in this room operating in the very gift that you've given them. Papa, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.